Good evening, Chairshot listeners. It is this, the spookiest episode of the podcast of the year, because it's happening at the end of October. That's why there are no ghosts. We won't be doing a seance. We're not going to be doing some sort of, uh, you know, BBC ghost watch type over the <laughs> air uh, summoning. Sadly, maybe next year we'll uh, we'll um, we'll review things and see if we can do some sort of like let's summon the energy of everyone in the podcasting world and try and talk to some ghosts. Not this year. It's going to be a good idea for a quiz for next year. Could be a good idea. Ouija board themed quiz where you have to guess yeah. what dead wrestler I'm talking about. That's yeah, not okay. one of the features that you guys are calling. No, it? no. We do have some new features coming up on this week's show, but none of them are, uh, you know, reaching across to a different plane of existence to speak to any ghosts. All right. Uh, spirit that's in the room with me right now. Okay. How many hardcore champions from 1999 can you name in 12 seconds? Okay. It's moving the board. Um, no, we've got we've got uh, we've got the usual uh, uh, um, list of features here, and some new ones coming your way very shortly. Uh, that me and the boys will be diving into. Me being Barry, the boys being Joe. Hello, everybody! Happy Halloween, and also Paul. Hello. Oh, a ghost knocked knocked a thing down. Oh, what was that? Can we get the action replay? Uh, yeah, let me do it again. Uh, oh, okay. And then we cut to the end of the episode where they have like a parapsychologist going. Well, of course, there was, of course, yeah. the most notable moment where Paul, you know, claims yeah, yeah, yeah. that a ghost knocked something. Now, this could be one of multiple things. I've got, uh, I've got my, B- my BS telekimeter uh, yeah, measuring yeah. the paranormal activity. It's going. Yeah, I love in Most Haunted and things like that. I love the ghost meter. That's my favorite thing that they um <laughs> that they, they 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 wheel out. And then they it's like 55 minutes of shite and then at the end they have a guy go, "Well, of course it could just be nothing." <laughs> well, in this in this case the ghost was actually had died from choking on some extra chewing gum. Mm, and so mm. that's why it knocked this uh 60 pack of chewing gum off my drawer. That's what happened. It, it had unfinished business, which they all, which all the, the ghosties do. Yeah, because they they made that brand of chewing gum in Victorian times. Yes, yes, of course. Um, yeah. So anyway, we will um, uh, uh, soldier on despite the ghostly presences. I uh, hope everyone's having a good uh, week um, uh, in the run up to this show. Uh, I know today was a footy day, boys. How did it go for you? Yeah, let's talk. Let's talk about the footy because step aside, Evan Ferguson. There's a new hot Irish striker in town, and his name is Paul Griffin. Oh, oh, hello. Because I've, for the last two weeks, uh, restarted my football career. I've been playing AstroTurf, uh, which has become a, becoming a regular Wednesday night occurrence for me. And actually, probably legitimately for the first time in 25 years or so, I have bought myself a pair of football boots. How about that? Wow! How about that? Those are the ones Ronaldo wears. They are, aren't they? He's like, oh, uh, give, me one, give me the ones that Ronaldo wears. Let me look. Well, no, because they they, they don't actually they don't have studs on oh, them. They're, they're, the, studs there, they're yeah. the molded cool ones looking, for actually. for astroturf. Astroturf. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I went last Wednesday. Debut scored one goal. All right, but, but generally generally played quite well. Uh, this week. Two goals, three assists. Wow. Get me, into, that's like, get me into your FPL team. 
that's a 100% increase there. Yeah. So, I mean, if he's going at this pace, by the end of the season, he'll be scoring about 100 goals a game. So <laughs> you think about it like that. Um, what did happen, though, was I injured myself with literally the first touch of the ball. Okay. Uh, I, I was in goals, started off in goals, and I stretched my little leg out to block a, block a goal. And my standing leg, the, the quadricep went... Argh! Oh dear! Said, oh, no, I've done something to myself. Literally, the first time I touched the ball, so I had to play on for another hour on that, on it like a pull or a strained yeah. quadricep, Kevin Nash style. Um, and so, actually, despite the statistics, I didn't play as well as I did in the first game. But got two goals, a couple of si- assists. Very happy with that. So we'll see how uh, this Wednesday goes. Although I'm still sore from. The- <laughs> From Wednesday, from having played the last time. Not where I heard it. Don't get me wrong. That was actually feeling fine the next day. But me back is sore. Me legs are sore. Me shoulders are a bit sore. And that's just what comes with with age and with, you know, high intensity sport. But also with the, you know, with the with the regularity of the sports, maybe that'll become less of a less of a thing, innit? I, I would expect so. But it's really um, fun. Because I used to I used to play football almost every day. Uh, all the way up until I was maybe 18, 19. I was playing an hour or two of football every single day. So it's nice to get back into, okay, it's only one, once a week, but it's nice to get back into an hour of five-a-side, mm. you know, running up and down. And, and that's why I'm, you know, not used to. Obviously, I've been running 5Ks, the odd 10K. And so you think, oh, I'll be fine. I'll have the stamina and the endurance for a, a five-a-side. But because it's not... A nice slow 5k jog it's stop sprint run turn twist run again stop now come back <laughs> it's it's like they say in wrestling you know you, you can be fit but it's it's ring shape yes yeah <laughs> and i'm not i'm not fit so imagine yeah. how bad that is um but it was quite fun but i was a little bit worried about this week because two people in the house have tested positive for the old covid oh no well, yeah, COVID's making the Terry Funk uh, return. Oh yeah, it's coming back with the eye patch on. You know, eye patch on the little uh, spiky ball thing. Yeah, <laughs> the little germ. <laughs> yeah. Um. So two people um here tested positive, and oh, I was dear. out for. I went out. So I, but I hadn't shown any symptoms. So I went out for a walk in the park uh, this morning, and as I'm walking, I, I get a little oh, no. dribbly nose. Oh dear! And I do a few sneezes. I say, uh oh. So I get back and I said, "Well, I, I better do a better do a test," and uh, and the test did come out negative. So oh knock on wood, good, good. And actually, as soon as I came back in, the runny nose stopped. So it might have been just the change of temperature, the fact that I was out in the cold. But uh, no, tested negative, so good on that. But uh, yeah, definitely enjoying getting out, doing the football, and uh, it's certainly better than the professional football because watching that was a big old load of shit today. Yeah. We won't talk about it. Um, oh, that bad! Eh? Instead, instead, we'll just you know we just you know bask in the glory of my football, um, and that's what people should really support. Is that, you know, especially in Ireland, don't pay you know the Sky and and TNT and that to you know show the English game when you've got you know potential superstars like myself right on your front door. That's it. Support local. Which you might you might think means go to like you know your your local league game. No, just go go to the nearest astroturf pitch and you just see who's there. You know, <laughs> free um, entertainment. Watch, you know, 
30, 40, 50 year old lads with big bellies huffing yeah. and puffing. I mean, there's no better entertainment. I mean, yeah. And the thing is, if Paul keeps getting injuries, what they're eventually going to have to do is like um, like Lisa on ice, they're going to have Millhouse him into the goals where he's got one hand tied to each corner. Um, uh, <laughs> that would be, be nice to spectate. You're watching the game, 30 seconds in, the keeper goes, oh no, my leg! <laughs> to be fair, you're younger than Johnny Evans. So, you know what I mean? That is true. So it's still time. Just about. Both in our 30s, as Brent might say. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I guess you don't want to talk about the actual football then, the professional football. No, no, thank you. No, uh, skip okay. it, skip it, skip it. Um, uh, segueing into combat sports, then did anyone watch the boxing? Yes. What you mean? I put it on the rundown. Uh, well, you know, I watched the freak boxing the week before. With, you love uh, the freak boxing. You can't. You, you can't get enough of it. You can't get enough shit. of it. I mean, well, this is at least this is like somewhat cool freak boxing because it's like you know, like Ngannou is like a, re- a legitimately great athlete. He's just in a different sport. You're watching <laughs> fucking train spotting YouTubers fighting like TikTok <laughs> stars and the Logan brothers. Like you're watching <laughs> that stuff. But this was at least two people who are like accredited fighters in some capacity. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, so I watched the, the Fury in Ganu fight last night. So first thing was, it was in um, Riyadh in Saudi Arabia. It, it's in the same, I think the same venue as Crown Jewel is going to be next right. week. Right. So when I turned it on, um, on my totally legitimate pay-per-view uh, purchase. Of course. Um, they had a, a, a couple of uh, fucking dreadful rap acts rapping. Right. It, on the stage in the center of the the arena, was it Eminem? Because he was there. Uh, mm-hmm. No, sure. although I was going to say that would have been an improvement uh, given his latest output. Yeah, probably not. Would it, yeah, probably not. Yeah, because because I because I did see he was there when he said that. I was like, it could have been him because yeah, he's you know. No, no, no. But uh, I, what happened then was the stage they're performing on started moving uh, up the arena, like okay. l- as if it was on a li- little. Uh, wheels or something okay and from underneath the stage like cody Rhodes coming up on the cody vader the ring came up oh that's kind of cool yeah quite cool mm-hmm. little, um, i mean there is there is just comical amounts of money involved in 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 this i actually didn't even realize it oh, yeah, was the in, production was, in was way over yeah. the top uh it took them about 15 minutes to make their ring walks i mean yeah undertaker and randy orton have nothing on this mm-hmm. um fury had like three different songs that played during his entrance in basically in their entirety so he was just walking around doing nothing while the song played the fight itself was really kind of you know really entertaining because it was such a shock of what was happening right so for mm. those who haven't seen it tyson fury is like a 37 and oh and one draw or, mm. or something like that undefeated heavyweight boxer who's fought the the cream of the crop of the yeah. current the, cur- the current heavyweight multiple you know. world titles yeah um and Francis Ngannou is a former UFC heavyweight champion who who fell out with Dana White and now works for a different fighting league. Kind of at but, his um, prime as well. He's not like he's not like a washed. I'm going to fight a YouTuber guy. He's like no, a, he's he he's like he's 37, so he's not exactly you know young. Not a spring but chicken, he, but he's no, yeah. He he's not like a Chuck Liddell who is getting knocked out by a gust of wind. Yeah, and yeah. you know. His, his um, beef with Dana White seems to be one of the things in the last few years where I've seen public opinion really turn on Dana White, where people are like, you've, you've let this guy, this proper peak athlete, 
Especially now. You know, yeah. That was actually the one thing on my mind watching this is Dano probably was wishing that he still had him because you now have something to market this guy with. Absolutely. Now, for those who didn't see the fight, yeah, Francis Ngannou having his first ever boxing fight professionally uh, proceeded to have a, a very, very close fight with, with Tyson Fury to the point that some people believe that Ngannou uh, won the fight. And in fact, he knocked down Fury. Fury did not get a single knockdown on Ngannou, mm. which was unbelievable to watch as it happened. Um, I don't think it was a robbery by any means because it was it was a close fight. But that's, right. that's why it was thrilling. It was kind of like, a, is this really happening? <laughs> that this guy is, you know, what the expectation was that Fury would come in and absolutely drub this fella in the way that Mayweather did to McGregor a few years right. ago. Where it was just he just wouldn't have the skill set, and Fury would just duck and weave and just play with him and finish him in maybe the the fifth or a sixth round. <laughs> That's not what happened at all. Fury won a split decision, which meant one of the judges gave it to Ngannou, and on one of the other scorecards, Fury won by one point. That's mm. how close the fight was. So Ngannou did himself absolutely. Uh, no harm in losing, kind of like a wrestling match where the loser yeah. comes out. Over in defeat. Over in defeat, exactly. And and Fury, in winning, looked like a bit of a goon, to be honest, mm. <laughs> where, where he won, but he barely won against this lad having his first ever professional boxing match, you know? And Ngannou yeah. in the UFC was never a skilled striker necessarily he just is a very very powerful man powerful yeah so if he put his hand on you know if he you know punch hit the chin he would invariably win but he also had ufc fights where he really struggled to get any kind of um, momentum if it was like a, a, a grappling exchange or a um you know a, a fight that didn't play into his strengths i know he had a, a fight with Derek lewis that he lost in fact um prior to his, his really reaching the top of the ufc but um yeah, he, he looked really great. I, I expected that his game plan would be come out of the blocks really fast, swinging as hard as he can, and try and get an early an early shot because the longer it'll go, the more that'll favor Fury. But actually what happened is Fury kind of controlled the first maybe two rounds and Ngannou was a little hesitant. And then Ngannou just kind of took over <laughs> and was was right there in his face and got, got the knockdown in the third. Um, So obviously the excuse is... Uh, will will be made by people online. Oh, Fury probably wasn't taking it seriously, um, and so on and so forth. Um, but you know, it was a very very close fight given the the odds at play. I know when the fight started, uh, Fury was like a seventeen to 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 one on favorite, mm. something like a ridiculous uh, odds. So you know, for for, for non gamblers, that's to win one pound, you would have to bet seventeen. That that's that's how favorite he was, right? For him to win a split decision and on one of the scorecards by one point was not reflective of that. So yeah, to to your point, it wasn't like the fights the previous week, the Logan Paul fight and the KSI fight were like these fucking terrible fights between yeah. people with obviously very very limited skills. This was just such a weird, as you say, like it was was you know a freak fight. It was you know sports versus you know boxing versus MMA in that same yeah. kind of field, but. Yeah, I mean, Ngannou looked like a seasoned boxer. Is is what the commentators were saying. This isn't this isn't my opinion, but the commentators were saying, "I can't believe it. He looks so so uh, at ease out there in what he's doing." So he obviously prepared a lot for it. But yeah, quite a weird result. 
uh, Fury will obviously go on and fight uh, Uzik and and all of that. But Nganu, I mean, really for him, I mean, that's almost a more significant fight than winning the UFC, winning the UFC title was. Boxing's a real sport. No, that... Ultimately, <laughs> well, with the ultimately, results, ultimately the results might have been a bit worked, but yes. <laughs> Make a lot more money. In fact, he's probably made for certain. Ten, you know. ten times more money from that one fight than he made in UFC. And yeah. I think that's one of the reasons why he's not in the UFC anymore as well. And fucking TKO checks. Yeah. <laughs> you know what we make of that? Stuffing all the money in his pocket. <laughs> yeah, or, and, or his that. cheeks by the look of it, you know. <laughs> you guys didn't uh, see any of the, the clips from the boxing, though? No? I saw the clips. I, I, I watched a couple of clips. <sighs> um, yeah, I thought, it was, I thought it was interesting. He looked, he, like, to the naked eye, like, he looked, like, as seasoned a boxer as, as you would think. He looked extremely competent. Which sounds yeah. like a backhanded compliment, but for a guy in his first fight, it was obviously very impressive. But yeah, you know, um, I wonder how much was how did the how much did the Americans pay for that? I bet mean, they must have been a hundred quid. I uh, mean, the the US pay per view model is always north of fifty, right? Oh, well north oh, for, for things like that. Well, um, well, 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 to buy that, that is deep. But as we as we've talked about in the past, it's always been a completely different world. You would never in a million years sell a pay per view here. I don't care what it is for eighty quid, but it's more of a it's more no. commonplace, you know, over there. Uh, but yeah, so I'd imagine some fat stacks were made from that show. Uh, segueing into other combat sports news, uh, I'm not. I just saw this kind of emerging there earlier today. So it does seem like Brian Danielson is injured. Now I didn't see Dynamite. Was it was it kind of obvious he was injured there at the end of that show, or or, or what what happened here? So it was a work, to be honest. Yeah, almost to the point that it felt like it was not it was part oh, of the storyline. Okay. Yeah, it was a bit. It was one of, like, one of those over the top where it's like a bunch of people around him when he's going. Oh, oh, oh. right, maybe, right. Maybe it really was. Uh, oh, but it, maybe. But it seems like he was. Yeah, maybe it's a fucking work. I don't know. I will. I will say the end of Dynamite did have kind of an awkward feeling to it, as if yeah. something had happened. But also, mm-hmm. Danielson's selling was such that I felt like. Oh, they're 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 doing a storyline where like off the mm. Okada arm injury, they're doing another storyline. Yeah. So I'm still not to be a little conspiracy theorist, but I'm still a little dubious about it. Also, yeah. a lot of their shows end like that. <laughs> so it's hard True. to talk yeah. Yeah. yeah, we we we've talked the last few weeks how some of their shows just kind of meander out <laughs> <laughs> out with a confused scene. Mm. It's like <laughs> Yeah, that that inspired our artwork last week, in fact, with yeah. Alistair Black on the with, with the uh, AEW 2023 idea, yeah. seems uh, and it seems the reporting currently is that he is legitimately hurt. But we will we will see. We will see. I suppose um, it'll be interesting to see if if they quickly shuffle things around to to kind of um, um, figure him out of things at the moment. Just give him that mask that Undertaker wore in like '96, the Phantom of the Opera mask. Oh, that was cool. Yeah, yeah that was yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. He's he wore something like that once, didn't he? Didn't he? Didn't he have? See, actually, he had he, an injury. Yeah, yeah, and he yeah, had the, like in Ring of Honor, he had the the, yeah, thing, the other right. person. It reminds me of is the the Trish, Trish Stratus wore it for like a year. The 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 yeah, see through yeah. mask. Uh, yeah, Cody. So, yeah. Cody, of course. Yeah, that's a, it's a bit of a wrestling trope. Honestly, it's a bit of a a, hmm. a, a classic. <laughs> Dashing um, Brian Danielson. 
that'd be pretty funny. Yeah, the 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 dashing combat club. I'd be into that. Um, anyway, we will be chatting about uh, the rest of Dynamite and Collision uh, shortly. Before that, though, we have some new features for everyone. Refreshing up the slate here. A uh, with some new features. Uh, Paul, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Mine's mine's only a short one. Okay, you, you go first. You go first. So this is a pilot for a new weekly segment. It's, uh, you know, we, we clamor for the, the good old days of the AW rankings. Yes. Mm. So I've created my own ranking system. Uh, totally subjective or well, totally subjective based on my wants, on who I want to see on TV and who I don't. So it's a... It's a who's hot and who's not list. Okay. Uh, top five on AW. The who's not lean forward in your chair five. So the five people that when they come out, I go, oh, okay. Here comes the, here comes the good shit. And the who's not get them off my TV five. Right. Okay. So this can change week to week. It's not necessarily determined by the TV, the but obviously the, the TV can have an effect, a, uh, an effect you know? Uh, I will. The other thing I'll say is, I didn't put the Iron Savages on the on the not hot list because they weren't on TV. But take them yeah. take them for granted. They're on every. Yeah, right? they're also never. Yeah, they're never on TV. You know, so that's yeah. So here's my here's my uh, first. Who's hot? Lean forward in your chair. Five. So the five right. guys who I want to see on my AWTV every week, and when they're on, I'm into it. And uh, number five, Samoa Joe. Hell yeah. Woo. He's, he's not doing much at the moment. He's, he's kind of adjacent to the MJF mm. storyline. Mm. Interesting. I, I like the, the videos they did where he was in his suit with a big fat cigar. Um, and that's where I think Joe's character is, is best suited. Uh, number four, House of Black. Okay. They're obviously back oh, now. Yeah. And, uh, surging up the charts. Surging up the charts. Let's see what they do with them. I'm still, yeah. you know, still a little bit hesitant. They seem that they're in the FTR kind of sphere at the moment, but I, I do like House Black. Number three, Danielson. Of course, Obviously, yeah. he had you know an, another great performance this week. Injured, sadly, um, but I like his promos and I like his matches. Mm-hmm. Top two. I don't think it's going to be much uh, arguing with these. Number two. Speaking of surging up, surging up the card currently, Swerve Strickland. Oh yeah, Sir Strickland, my boy. Uh, I, I, if if he isn't in the world title picture by the close of twenty twenty four, they'll have done him a Wardlow style disservice. But I think mm. he's too talented for that to happen. And number one, well, of course, is Christian Cage. Of uh, course, the 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 first ever number one on the who's who's hot. Lean forward in your chair five. I mean, he's kind of like I feel the same way as I did about Christian in 2005 where he was like the only thing on raw I enjoyed. Yeah. You'd have the, uh, the Christian cage music would play and he'd come out with Tyson, Tom Cohen. He was just the best thing on the show. Okay. Segwaying over to the, well, let's go over to the, who's not get him off my TV bottom five. Of course. Uh, just peeking into the, and I will say much, um, easier to make the good five because there's a lot of people on AW. I really enjoy. Just missing out, you know. I'm not going to do all of our matches, but Darby Allen and Sting, yeah, MJF, yeah. Omega with a tremendous match this week. But there's too there's, there's too many people for only five slots. The bottom five is harder, which is a a, a good um, reflection on AEW currently. It was harder for me to get five people that I really don't enjoy on TV. Right. But number five, just peeking in, Adam Copeland. Oh, really? You're already oh, selling your stock on on, on on the corner. Let's let's let's. 
do something. Let's do something with. I, I feel like he's been around now for a couple of weeks and he's done the one promo five times. Like, okay, we get it. Let's 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 move this story. It is the, it is the, the punk. I'm I'm happy to be here. Promo. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's that. Yeah. We've got the repeat. Yeah. Go on. Yeah. Uh, number four hurts me in my heart to say this because I do I do like them a lot, but they're they feel like they're kind of in a holding pattern, and I want them to to break out of it. Number four is the acclaimed. I think that's fair. I think that's totally fair. I think I'm. It's 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 go and get a cup of tea when they come on, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? It's not sort of, sort of DX reunion DX at this point. You know, either yeah, they've it, got Billy Gunn in there, so it, they literally, yeah, exactly. Yeah, to me, to me, it feels a bit like this would be a great act if this was a house show company, but it's not because they literally only do TV. Mm. If if you were in some small town, you know, and you're doing a loop. The acclaim come out, everyone cheers, they get a rap, it's great. As a TV act, they're coming out every week, they're doing a basic match, you're getting your little and you're just kinda like, eh, you know. Yeah, I, I, yeah I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Uh number three. I'm 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 I've had enough of these segments now. Number three is Roderick Strong, Adam Cole and the Kingdom. Yeah, yeah. They can be your three, two, and one technically if you wanted, but you're gonna be you're gonna lump yeah, them well, in together. Yeah. Yeah, the there's, there's, it's not necessarily uh, it has to be a person, a team, it's an, an act. act. It's, it's a thing. Yeah, yeah, it can be whatever. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, in, fact, in fact, two and one are not people. They're, they're acts. So number two is the Hardy Boys. Oh, God, yes. Uh, I'm surprised that's not number one. And that wow. counts double for uh, websites telling me what Matt Hardy said. I don't uh, – stop doing that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, come on. We're, we're, As evidence we're even, how, how little we talk about Rampage, because that's the Hardy show now. Do you know what I mean? So uh, – even as a nostalgia act, I don't get any no pleasure out of the Hardy Boys. Uh, number one, we've talked about it in the last few weeks, but it's it's the Young Bizzles, Matt yes. and Nick Jackson. Uh, I don't think as, as you know their matches are, are good, but in terms of their character work, I don't think I've enjoyed anything they've done in the last two years. It's feeling very phoned in, isn't it? <laughs> yep. Um, I think those are some good rankings. I think that's a I think that's a fair hot mm. knot. Uh, I I think that's very fair. We'll uh, we'll we'll see we'll see if any we'll see if any of those knots can. Well, I wouldn't get my hopes up for the fucking Hardys, but we'll see if any of those knots <laughs> can 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 uh, uh, turn their fortunes around. And, you noticed uh, how well, this, I'm preempting the TV, but have you noticed how good Hangman and Kenny are when they're not with yeah. the Bucks? Yes. yes. You noticed yeah. how Kenny Omega this week was like God tier main yeah, event yeah, Kenny yeah, yeah. <laughs> away from the Bucks for five minutes, and it's like Kenny is back. <laughs> it's yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. Funny, funny, eh? Toxic. So uh, the poll rankings are in. Enjoyed that, yeah, because I, I do miss the AW rankings. I think that is sorely missed legitimately. Um, so uh, I've got a I've got a feature here. I wanted to uh, run past you boys. This isn't quite a quiz. There's a little bit of a back and forth element to it, but we're not competing. It's a little bit explain, and I wonder a little bit of that Ooh. going on. A little bit of debate, collie going on here. Mm-hmm. More of a thought exercise, right? And this is this is segueing into telegoff and film golf a little bit here. What we're going to do is, right? Um, there's a, a little a thought exercise I want to do uh, uh, with you boyos, and I'll 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 explain my inspiration straight away because I know it's one you and probably most of the listeners will be familiar with. I've I've pretty much pinched this idea wholesale from the Red Letter Media boys. Okay, mm. who we are we are big fans of. You might remember way back in the day they did the um, describe a character exercise. 
from the Star Wars review, where it was basically, to, for anyone who hasn't yeah. seen it, to make an illustrative point, they talked, they tasked people with describing certain characters from the classic Star Wars films, and then gave them the same task with the prequels, and highlighted how difficult it is to talk about the prequel characters because the characterization is so weak. And so what I've done is taken that same concept, and I'm going to throw out some examples to you, boyos, and, and we're going to see what we can might learn about certain characters are we into them are we not into them how are we feeling about about them things like that so for anyone who has not seen this done before i'm going to read out the original text as it was in this uh, uh, red letter media video originally about star wars characters so it goes describe this star wars character without saying what they looked like what kind of costume they wore or what their profession or role in the movie was describe this character like they ain't never seen star wars before right so what i'm going to do is here right i've got an example i'm going to throw out to joe and then Paul, mm-hmm. me and you are going to have a bit of a back and forth. I've got a show you and I are going to talk about, Paul. We're going to, we're going to have a back and forth on this. But I'm going to give Joe an example. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to pull up a, a timer here for 30 seconds, right? So I'm going to give Joe 30 seconds. And I want to see if he can talk about this character for roughly 30 seconds. Again, he's not being scored or anything. It's just to see what we make of this character. Mm-hmm. And again, uh, you're talking about characteristics rather than aesthetics, jobs, things yeah. like that. So, yeah. Joe, I'm going to give you 30 seconds. Tell me about the character of Homer Simpson. Go. Uh, Homer Simpson is a well-meaning, but buffoonish um, kind of man, sort of big-hearted, small-brained, um, very enthusiastic and quick quick to enthusiasm, quick to distraction as well, a bit like a, a dog that's kind of <laughs> chasing a ball around. He's quite, he's quite sort of dog-like. Um, very, quite a little bit greedy as well, you know, will eat a lot drink a lot um always kind of wants more but ultimately he kind of realizes the good i think in people and in himself excellent yeah so that's a good example of what of what we're looking for there joe textbook there from joe i mean can i tweak this so that it doesn't make a noise when i run it when the 30 seconds are up uh all right so paul what we're going to do is here right you and i are going to go back and forth i've assembled a list of characters Right, and they're about a, it's from a particular show. I'll tell you the show in just a moment. So I'm going to flip a coin in my head here. Heads or tails? Tails. You're correct. Do you want to go first or will I go first? I'll go first. You can go first. Okay, so what we're going to do, Paul, you and I, we're going to talk about Rick and Morty characters tying into the seventh season here. Okay. Um, and uh, uh, we, we'll probably chat about that actual show then later on. Uh, so you can go first here. So I'm going to get you 30 seconds here. And your character is Morty. Go. So Morty is a uh, whiny uh, boy on the precipice of puberty. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very uh, invalidated. He's constantly looking for, for validation from his peers and from his family. And so because of that, he gets lured onto these adventures with his grandfather, who is, we won't get into, into Rick, because I'm sure that might be coming up, but... He, he seeks validation from maybe the, the toughest of sources. Um, he, oh, there you go. That was, just, that was pretty good. Yeah, that was good. That was good. Uh, all right. So again, I, I, put, I, rather than, I just put these six characters in a random list. So rather yeah. than be, so, so for, for myself here, I've drawn Jerry, which mm. I'm going to give myself 30 seconds starting now. Uh, Jerry is perhaps the most naive, but somehow also least cynical character in the whole show. He's very frequently dumped upon as a loser, but he's 
sort of content in his loserness. He's ridiculed a lot, but he is happy with his his lot in life. All things considered, he's uh, very easy to please. Um, uh, he sort of sees the best in everyone, but he is surrounded by cynics, and so he often feels a little bit like a fish out of water. And there you go. Okay, so that was Jerry. Um, so yeah, that is that is the the gist of the feature, right? So if we if we want, we can do more of that. I think in in the coming weeks. So what I might do is like I want me and Joe might do a little bit of Frasier. Me and Paul might revisit mm-hmm. Rick and Morty at some stage, and just and you know I might see if I can pull some little bit more kind of less obviously acclaimed shows. So perhaps we can see an example of when. You're shit out of luck trying to describe a, a character yeah. like a like a queen Amadala characterization. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, like I because when I was writing these lists out, I was like, yeah, I was looking at these Rick and Morty characters. Like, yeah, these are these are fair. These are pretty easy to talk about. I think that speaks to their strength. But uh, we can we can. Barry, some... can you describe Mister Poopy Butthole? Well, I'll be describing him in our TV <laughs> reviews later. Let me tell you. <laughs> Oh my God! Um, we'll, he we'll get sure to- has Justin Roiland's voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he's as annoying as Justin Roiland. Um, okay, Would and you- then Joe, do you do you want to? Uh, is that the end of of your feature, Mary? Yeah, I, I don't. I didn't want to. I don't. Cause I I made a list, but I don't want to keep going for the for the rest of the day. But we might do more of that next week. What's and the that's, name of the feature? That's under the, na- that's under the name Character Limit. Okay. Ooh. All right. All right. Oh, that's a good one. Happy with that. Happy with that. Anyway, yeah, that's character. Yeah. We, we might Car- do more of that next week. That was I enjoyed that. What well, about you, Joe? I've also got a brand new feature, which um, some churlish detractors are saying is very similar to an existing feature, but it's actually completely mm. different. Okay. So, you know, uh, just for a second, you remember 20 questions? Yes. I remember right. 20 questions. It's nothing like that, but it basically, as it's Halloween, what I've done is... I'm going to embody the uh, <laughs> spirit of a dead, <laughs> a dead WWF wrestler. Okay, uh, and you two then have twenty uh, questions to try and figure out who that person is. Mm. Right. Okay, does that sound so? It's it's, it's a totally cool. different feature because it's like Halloweeny. It's like spooky. It, yeah, it's called it's called we or ya or no. All right, <laughs> yes, yes or no. Right. Interesting. So we, Interesting. Or maybe we, yeah, we know. We know. We, so ah, we know. know. Yeah. Okay. But do you know? Huh? Okay. Right. I so, like that you didn't even change the number of questions. Um. What did well, I say? You, did you I say twenty? 20. I. Yeah. You know what? Oh, I've, I've misspoke. I meant thirteen because that's the spooky. <laughs> oh, <laughs> spooky number. <laughs> to be fair, though, he's already told us driving a car, pull over. <laughs> They're dead and the WWF superstar, so we've gotten yes, that that's already. Why it, it shouldn't okay, take okay, as long. Okay. okay, so it's a dead WWF superstar. You have thirteen questions. Let me just uh, kind of get into the uh, embody the spirit. Okay. He's being possessed uh, right now. Spirits, are you there? Spirits. <laughs> what was that? Did you hear that? Was that just? I, me? I'm getting scared. You I don't know something. if we should do this. You heard something? Spirits, please, will you enter me, spirit? I said at the top of the show we wouldn't be doing this, and now people are people are calling their ministers. <laughs> All right, I think the, the spirit is with us. So, Paul, you, we can start asking questions. <laughs> may you may begin. <laughs> <laughs> Joe looks like he's been hit over the head with a chair, so it's inappropriate. Yeah. Um, okay. 
Where do we begin? So it's a, a dead WWF superstar. Yes. yes. I wasn't. I wasn't asking you, dead superstar. Please, oh, that doesn't count. That's not. That's not one of my thirteen. Um, where do we begin? Uh, dead superstar. Were you a champion in the WWF? Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, were you a world champion? No. No. Not no. World. Tag team champion. Uh, in WWF or ever? <laughs> uh, say ever, Paul. Ever, please. Uh, yes. Uh, let me check Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so that was a yes, I believe. Um, okay. Uh, oh, God. I, we haven't done 20 questions in ages. I'm terrible at this. Um uh, were you ever in ECW? No. No. Okay. Uh, were you active in the Attitude Era? Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, are you a man? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Lunch Lady Doris, if that's a woman's voice. <laughs> Um, I didn't think he was doing an impression. I thought it was a ghostly voice. Possibly. This is what we all sound like. Yeah, it's what they um, sound like in Ghost Worlds. Dead. <laughs> um, okay. Tag team champion somewhere. And they somewhere. were in ECW. No, they, um, weren't. they weren't. Oh, I wrote down in ECW, not in no, ECW. No. Excuse me. Tag team champion somewhere. Man. Tag team, yeah, uh, not in ECW. Um, okay, do we want to go down the tag team route then? I, I think there might be maybe yes. someone better known as a tag team, but not in WWF. Hmm. WCW, I guess, would be the only one. I don't think Joe's pulling some indie records. <laughs> AWA, yeah. Who are you, Jim Ross, yeah. <sighs> um, good god, <laughs> I'm not quite dead. Um, <laughs> Fuck. Uh, man, how did you there? Um, I don't know. W- were you best known as uh, as a WCW wrestler? No. No. Okay. Right. We can assume it's WWF primarily yeah. then. Yeah. This is, yeah. So who, who won a title in WCW but wasn't super notable? Okay. Um, uh, but they were God. they were a WWF champion of some sort. A champion in WWE, yeah. So um, so so not a tag team. So it must be a singles a singles champion. I okay. mean, it was really only Intercontinental back in yeah, the yeah. day, right? I, he was he was uh he was living during the Attitude Era, so possibly European or hardcore. But yeah, that'd be that'd be bad. Depending on the era, it it, it might be Intercontinental. Um, were you an intercontinental champion? Yes. Okay. All right. So there's only so many of those. Yeah. Deceased intercontinental champions. So we've got Could like be. Rick Rude, um, uh, Warrior Pat Patterson. Pat Patterson. I mean, these were pe- these people were active during the Attitude Era, but I don't know if I'd. 
Patterson wrestled on King of the Ring 2000. You're actually, you know, you know what? You're dead right. You're absolutely right. I, I also, oh, I'm I, dead right. I would say also this person couldn't. I said Warrior there, but he was a world champion. So no world champions. Of course, no world champions. Um. Okay. Mm. So okay, that that should that should be do. So so someone who is dead was never a WWF champion, but was an Intercontinental, but wasn't a tag team champion in WWF. They were a tag team champion somewhere else. They were never in ECW. There's, mm. there's not that many Intercontinental. No, champions. surely not. Um, uh, like I, every every Intercontinental champion I think of, I'm all I'm pulling is is ones who are still alive. Like I, my brain yeah, I'm is thinking, like I'm thinking Attitude Era IC champions, like Godfather, Rikishi, and stuff like that. And obviously these are all living. Balvinus, um, Benoit. We're not. We're not doing Benoit in this quiz, by the way. Yeah. Um, um, uh, <laughs> we we didn't ask, but uh, dead champion, are you in heaven? <laughs> <laughs> no, don't burn one of our questions on that. Don't burn one of our questions on that. I'm already burned. <laughs> um, Jesus. Jesus Christ! There's a lot of fireworks going up right outside my window. It's very annoying. Um, oh God. <laughs> um, everyone I keep thinking of who wasn't in contact with has one of one of the other questions disqualifying yeah. them. Yeah. They're either a world champion or they were a tag champion in WWE, or or, or they're um, not dead, or they're not. Yeah, I keep thinking of living ones. Like I keep thinking of. Um, I just thought of Ken Shamrock right there. Definitely still alive. Yeah, um, he's not. Dead. He's not. Dead. He's not dead. <laughs> Um, God, Blech. we try and narrow down the period they were. Um, w- were you an intercontinental champion during the Attitude Era? No, no. Okay, so we won. New generation. I mean, not that. Though. New generation. New generation yeah. or. Yeah. <sighs> That should make it easier. (laughs) (laughs) Nick didn't change the title as much back then. That's true. That is true. (sighs) So maybe maybe Rick Rude is is on the right kind of line of thinking. Rick Rude, who else? Um (sighs) But, but, but active in the attitude era. So Rick Rude obviously wouldn't be. Yeah. Wait. What? Well, he was a manager. Would you count that as active? I guess not. Well, he died in like. I suppose he died in '97, didn't he? So yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh God, it's hard. That's why we only do this on the scariest of holidays. <sighs> How many questions have we had, by the way? Uh, Ten questions. Oh shit! Okay, we're really not doing well. Um, no. Okay. Um. God. Um. Uh, Owen Owen Hart, maybe. No, he was a. He was a. Uh, well, okay. Uh, was this? Uh, God, I don't know. I'm trying, what the? Uh, here, here, here's this, a question. Here's a question. Uh, dead superstar. Are you an American? Yes. Okay. 
that disqualifies. So, so not uh, not Owen, not Bulldog, not Bulldog. Oh, Bulldog actually would have been a, yeah, that was a that would have been a good one. Um, <sighs> <laughs> Joe is just like Festus or something here, head lolling around. Yeah, this is a, a great Derek Acora uh, uh, <laughs> me, 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 medium performance here. Wench, uh, wench. <laughs> what is that? Um, American, American. The spirit is weakening. Yeah, spirit two it. questions left. <laughs> light more candles. Light more candles. Get the get the. Uh, we gotta get him before he goes back into the afterlife. Okay, okay. Um, no, but I thought that's another nationality. You said yes to American. Shit. Um, He's an Americano. American Intercontinental Champion, active in the Attitude Era. But didn't win the title in the Attitude Era. No, won the title. I mean, I guess it could have, he could have won the title after the Attitude Era, but I'm, I'm, mm. my line of thinking is not before. It's before. <sighs> is, is there anything we've had that would... Oh, no, never mind. No, I was going to say, have we had anything that dis- that would disqualify Rick Rude, but he, he, he wasn't active in the Attitude Era. Uh, right, listen, sorry, Rick Rude. Okay, I, I don't know the, the Intercontinental title lineage well enough, but like Rick Rude, who else do you have from like the... Uh, Steamboat, Savage. Yeah. You know, boat, uh, Steamboat Alive, Savage World Champion. Um, oh, Sean... Sean, world champion. Uh, Janetti. Janetti alive. That guy's still alive as well. <laughs> Sadly. Fuck um, Who are we missing? Loads of people. Me. It should be me. But like obvious. Um, <laughs> Hennig. Mr. Perfect. Yes. Uh, okay, what's a question we could do to narrow to include him uh well we could do like do you do you have a uh are you from a wrestling family maybe yeah you want to go ahead and use that question uh are you, are you from a wrestling family yeah. are, you, are you not the only person yes my my dad's up here too okay, oh, sorry. okay yeah. i mean yeah. down here too <laughs> sorry i shouldn't have given you an extra clue <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, let's. Uh, I think all we have to go off here is Hennig, so I think we should. I will ask one question. To, uh, yeah, we, we uh, won't have a guest uh, left, right? Uh, oh, yeah, we so, okay. Are you. Yes, left. I must depart. Are you Mr. Perfect Kurt Hennig? Yeah. No, we did it. Just there. We did it. Okay, the two priests from the exorcist came in there. <laughs> Jesus, what? Joe's not possessed well, anymore. Joey, we, we, still, we, we, were, we were just doing a terrible quiz. <laughs> was, uh, what happened was uh, Homer Simpson, he likes donuts, and he's, <laughs> yeah. he's married to Marge, and um, he used to have hair, Yeah, and then he doesn't have hair anymore. So right, yeah, Be careful, Joe. J- J- Moxie's going to have you checked for a concussion if you're not careful. <laughs> yeah. Might be might be needed to be honest. Okay, let's uh, you know. I don't know from a listener point of view <laughs> what I'm going to do with a lot of the noises the Joe's making. Uh, leave but. them in because that was great. <laughs> I told you well, in the beginning it was a dead. I, I dead, certainly dead, had fun. A dead WWF wrestler. <laughs> You're like, hmm. 
<laughs> Are you from mm. WCW? <laughs> <laughs> listen, it's listen, it's tough. Twenty questions is tough, especially when you only have thirteen. Um, yes. It is tough. We were on the spot. We were on the spot. I like how we were so happy about. Well, we know it's already a dead. <laughs> like that was equal to losing seven questions. Yeah, because we think about it, it's like yeah, that's that's two <laughs> questions we 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 only would have earned. I uh, know, but we got it. We're happy. We got there in the end. Anyway, anyway. There. And Joe's performance, Oscar worthy. Yes, yeah. Are you in, the, were you in that new David Gordon Green uh, fucking Exorcist uh, uh, movie? Cause I'm, I'm signed on for the sequels. The sequels, okay. Well, someone can. has to be. Yeah. I don't think he's going to bother. But, and, you know. the, and the Disney Plus series, but we'll see. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, that's our uh, that's our, our gamut of features there. Uh, uh, so I hope that listeners enjoy those. I do have an email as well to jump into here um, uh, before we uh, uh, continue on. Uh, email here is from Enrique. He says, hello, everyone. This one might be a bit long, so I apologize for the strain mm-hmm. on your vocal cords. Very not at all. Happy to have an email. I've been, email, uh, been meaning to email into the show, but forget, unfortunately, by the time a new episode comes out. And then I forget the question or something like that has already been discussed. So goes the endless cycle of me not writing in, but I finally got one. Uh, I got a new job, finally, after being out of work Ooh. since December and off benefits since July. And they actually allow us to have headphones on while we're working. So I'm working through nice. my feed of podcasts, getting new episodes, deciding which shows to go through the back catalog on. Well, first of all, congrats. Congratulations on on the new gig! Happy to to hear that, and also yeah. new gig new gig with the headphones. That's the dream. You're laughing there. Mm. Um, so, of course, I'm planning to listen to this wonderful show, but that got me thinking about what other podcasts can touch the greatness that you three provide. Genuinely curious. If you guys could, would compare yourselves to another show out there, what would it be? Also, open to any suggestions of podcasts you personally love and would recommend to someone uh, that maybe don't get their due or you personally enjoy that you want to share with people. Uh, so, see, I always personally recommend you guys and uh, JRVP from comedian Anthony Jesnick. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Truly, a speaker of how great podcasts can be in a sea of some really dreadful stuff out there lately. Much obliged from a huge fan. Thanks. Thank you very much, Enrique. Lovely email. Greatly appreciated. Um, I'm not listening to a lot of podcasts at the moment. I don't know about you boys, um, but I'm really not. I feel like I'm kind of being like super served by like the two podcasts i enjoy and that's about it i used to listen to mm. like dozens and i think i've just kind of whittled them down over the years and i have like a couple of patreon subs where right. um uh, if anyone is a, a gaming person like i have a nextlander subscription and a jeff gerstman subscription which me which means i listen to their weekly shows and their podcast their their patreon bonus stuff and that kind mm. of that kind of suits me do you know what i mean i i, I actually don't have as wide a spread as i used to have um mm. uh, uh over the years i i would say on, on the wrestling side of things I mean, it's not really similar to the show but i think it's it's great in a completely different way i i do i do find the post guys to be just really great listen, uh, listening in terms mm. of just keeping up to date with what's going on they do such great just like professional efficient wrestling coverage and you also have the um uh, uh wrestlenomics integration with brandon thurston if you want some real heart <clears throat> Hardcore business nerd stuff. I think that podcast is great. So, but you know, yeah. most guys uh, do that stuff as well as anyone else. But yeah, no, I, I, I am not listening to a lot of podcasts at the moment, actually. So yeah, I, I just kind of, I, I listen to a very small handful of gaming ones these days, and I'm kind of, I'm kind of watching more stuff on YouTube and, and, and things like that these days. Uh, so not, not much for mm-hmm. me. But what about you, boys? And and then tickling your ears lately that you would recommend to people who who are looking to add some stuff to their cat to their subs. I've, I've been listening to less as well. I think I used to listen to more football and wrestling podcasts, but I've just stopped because a lot of the football podcasts, it's just 
speculation and, and time right. filling. And I'm just like, I, I, I don't want to have to hear, listen to that. I'll just skip a lot of that. Yeah. I'm sure there's some good ones out there, but the ones I listen to, I'm not interested in transfer speculation. I'm not interested in previewing the weekend's games. Like, right. Who gives a fuck? I'm just going to watch the games. You're going to be watching kind them. The, yeah, yeah. Kind of the same with the wrestling. Unless there's something specific, kind of newsworthy happens, I might listen. But I've also just skipped a lot of those as well. There's a couple I listen to. Um, there's one called Behind the Bastards, which yes, is of course. Yeah. by, I forget his name, he used to be on Cracked.com. Robert Evans. Um, Robert Evans, yeah. And that's really good. So that focuses on like uh, a different bastard each week, which kind of runs the gamut from like the worst people in history, like Hitler and dictators and real, really bad people down to kind of just, you know, bastards like a, an Elon Musk or a Vince McMahon or a kind of, yeah, you know, an extensive vid series this year. Yeah, but it's, it's very enjoyable because it's, you know, it's through a kind of funny lens. Uh, they look at these sort of horrible, horrible people or horrible things. Um, and it's one of those podcasts, it's quite research heavy. It's not just a let's preview the weekend's wrestling or football right. or whatever. Like it, They actually educate you a little bit with some information. Yeah. Um, but similar to the, like, the Lapsed Fan podcast, that's another one I listen to when I'm of course, a, long, yeah. a long walk. I'm currently... The last few weeks, I've been doing the uh, their Benoit series, um, mm. which is 12 hours long, which, to be honest, I thought that was quite long when it came out, but they've since done ones <laughs> fucking far longer. They, they've done like 100 hours on Hogan in TNA recently. Yeah, like, they've... They- it's ridiculous. That's actually that's probably a, that's probably a, that would probably be the best recommendation for for Enrique specific guys. If you were yeah. a wrestling fan who listens to this and you suddenly have a lot more hours of podcast time on your hands, then mm. yeah, that probably would be the ultimate answer. I would say because they are so in depth and they produce <laughs> so much content. Guys. Yeah, check them out. Um, also, there's a new series of a podcast called The Dream, which is all about like hoaxes and scams. Uh, so the first series oh. was on like multi level marketing. Um, pyramid schemes the second one was on like wellness like goop and all these right. spiritual crystal Excellent. magnetic bullshits <laughs> yeah, yeah and oh god i forget what the third series is about i haven't started it yet but it's it just come back recently so i'm very excited about that but yeah other than that i don't really listen to, to too many i watch a lot of youtube as well now yeah going. what about you paul any recommendations uh yeah i listen to one football podcast which is the second captain's podcast out of ireland which is uh which is the Intellectuals Football Podcast. It's Ooh. not a... Uh, it's, it's not... It's oh, not... Cheeky bastard, yeah. It's not a... Uh, it's not Micah Richards and uh, Cara going, oh, let's have a race and see who's the fastest. That's what football coverage is these days. Or let's get some fella off YouTube to do X's and O's with footballers. Oh, like, yeah. These are these oh. are journalists, but it's, it's also very funny. And... Uh, mm. and, and pr- but it is... It is um, it's on a Patreon, five euro a month on Patreon, but they do put out free free episodes as well. But I mean, I've tried a lot of other football podcasts, but as Joe mentions, it's it's very light and fluffy and mm. pointless. Just felt mm. like a waste of time. The closest I, I got to it was the uh, Guardians Football Weekly from a few years ago, but uh, I kind of fell off that as well. Um, and a lot of those people sometimes get interviewed on this as well. Anyway, but it's it's a lot more. Um, it's a lot more of like a, a I don't know, like a, a, a broadsheet podcast as opposed to a tabloid okay. one. But very, very good. Very funny. Um, otherwise, what am I listening to? I mean, I've listened to IGN, some, some of IGN's podcasts, but specifically Game Scoop, 
since episode one. Yeah, we, we we've talked extensively about the highs and lows of of IGN's oh. you know podcast, and I'm I'm currently listening to Three Red Lights uh, from 2008, which is mm. IGN's previous Xbox podcast, uh, which is so different to modern video game podcasts because there was no one monitoring what they were saying. They talk explicitly about their their dealings with Xbox and Microsoft and. Oh take really? Piss, wow. Take the piss out of games and just di- talk about a preview. This looks like shit. Why are they bring this out? Blah blah. blah. Wow. <laughs> to today, you watch their 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 you know, for example, Xbox coverage today. Oh my god, I am so hyped for this game. Yeah, it's and the it's, nerd it's, crew. It is. It's it's the Red it's, Letter it's, Media. It's, it's the nerd crew. It's, it's Collider. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really eye opening to see how it used to be. And weirdly, Game Scoop feels like the one podcast that hasn't delved into that. Whereas all their individual voice chat and unlocked mm. and beyond have done um so I, I still love a bit of game scoop but i've been on that since since the very beginning and uh and of course the best uh podcast possibly ever especially for a wrestling fan the um the what's it called uh matt cardona and brian myers oh yes um, <laughs> the the figure wrestling federation the the weekly uh fig fed they did. Don't, don't uh, listen to the. Don't listen to the thing where they talk about figures. That no, is boring. No, 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 no. But when they did a pretend like write their own shows and and pr- they basically performed them week to week. I mean, I, I I've not enjoyed any kind of media as much as that. That was actually my wrestling show of the year. I recall. Yeah, <laughs> in our year end awards. I mean, I've revisited it once. I like to leave it a while so I can come back and get shocked by all the. Uh, Macaron is very much a Vince Russo in terms of twists and turns that don't make sense. The lights go out <laughs> like every episode, um, but it's a tremendous listen. It's so so funny. Excellent. So hope we've uh, helped you there, uh, Enrique. Congrats again, and thank you so much for your uh, email. Yep. Just one email from me there this week. We will segue over to the wrestling. Uh, uh, this week uh, on the Dynamite side of things uh, prior to the, the, the Brian injury how was that main event Okada and Claudio against Brian and Orange Cassidy I thought it was very good oh, yeah. um, they, they, they arranged the match very smartly because they, they held off for a long time until giving you the Brian and Okada in the ring at the same time. But the side effect of that was we also got some other uh, pairings that you might not have otherwise got. You know, we, we've never really seen Orange Cassidy and Danielson in the ring together. Mm. We've not seen Claudio and mm-hmm. Okada in the ring together. And so it was actually kind of like a, a series of, you know, I'd hesitate to say dream matches, but you know, oh my God, I'd never really sat down and considered the fact that this is something I'd never seen before. And then obviously when Danielson and Okada got in, kind of the roof came off you know yeah um yeah i didn't catch the moment when uh dinosaur got hurt allegedly but um no once once it kind of got into the closing stages the kind of it, it was a match that got into fifth gear I, I i wasn't wanting for more uh for for it to go up another step like it, it was definitely uh, a good tv main event um very weird just seeing Okada <laughs> randomly yeah, on Dynamite. Yeah. Um so I'm I'm thinking we're presumably building here to a uh all all going well health wise, a Danielson Okada Wrestle Kingdom uh repeat, right? I guess, yeah, injuries and health and whatnot. 
you know. Uh, I mean, even considering, you know, this this AEW New Japan relationship is very often, and reminds me a little bit of the AEW TNA relationship, where it's like Tony gets all these shiny toys to play with from Japan. Yeah. What does he give back to them? I mean, I know they yeah. got Omega Osprey in, to- yeah, in Tokyo. Yeah. In Tokyo, yeah. I'm feeling we're going to get Danielson Okada in the Tokyo though. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so. that makes sense. I promote, they get to promote their little indie fed on American TV. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely do. They do a lot of it. Um, but no, the match was very, very good, and the crowd crowd loved Okada, which is which is great. Um, so yeah, that's uh, where on the oh, show. Let me, let me just mention. Sorry, there was one spot that I, I want to mention. Uh, was it Orange Cassidy going for a Superman punch caught into the smoothest transition into a giant swing? I I, I think that's what Cassidy was going for. Cassidy was going for a jump, some jumping move anyway. Mm. And Claudio caught him almost, you know, as if he was going to give him a spine buster, that kind of position where he's got him hooked under the legs and kind of up on his shoulder. And from there... You know, you, you figure, okay, if you're going to go from there into a giant swing, you're going to let them down, stop, and start spinning. But Claudia went from that, like, spine buster position directly into a giant swing with no transitional yeah. pause. I was like, that's like the smoothest transition I've ever seen from one move into a giant swing. Um, so very, very good. Very good stuff. Uh, elsewhere on the show, we had uh, the MJF juice match. Any any notes on that one? That was good. Um opened the show. I was kind of expecting that that was going to be the main event. Mm. No, I, I, I was almost expecting that these two matches were going to have swap positions. Yeah, yeah. Because AEW like to have, for better or worse, the match where something is on the line being the main event. Mm. Mm. Whether that's the Dynamite Diamond Ring or the Trios titles or, you know, whatever. They, they like to have a title match or some sort of match of importance be at the end. Um... There was one moment which was was kind of obvious, but I liked the the way they did it, which was where both uh, competitors got their rings out <laughs> to do the little "Oh, I'm going to punch him with the ring" gimmick at the same time, uh, which is quite funny. Um, I was surprised by the results. I was ta- I talked about last week the fact that I felt like maybe it was time to do something different with the dynamite diamond ring. MGF's a babyface now. Maybe you could get some heat on the on the. Bullet Club Gold guys by taking the ring. They're talking about how they're going to pawn it. You could get a funny segment out of that. They take the take the ring to the pawn shop, pawn it off. You have them with their money. What what are they doing with the money? They they buy new lavish coats or something, and they come out with their new coats. You know, mm. um, like like Goodfellas. What you buy the fucking coat for? I told you not to spend the money. <laughs> um, but instead of that, they just MJF just won the ring again. That feels like a missed opportunity to me. Yeah. I think it's going to be his thing forever, I would say. Um, it's Yeah, but... And I, I, I do kind of like the fact that they've kept up the tradition of doing putting it on the line. Because it's like his character thing, but it because it originated in a match, I like they make him defend it. So, I, yeah, that's all right. Um, yeah. Uh, elsewhere on the show, we had the gift to Sting which ended up being Ric Flair, uh-huh. um, which people had a bevy of issues with, which I think Ooh. is totally fair. Yeah. I had an issue with it. I'll tell you what. And it's that Tony Khan said it was like a historic thing that people had never seen before. I've seen Ric, <laughs> I've seen Ric, I've seen Ric Flair before. 
I've, I've, seen seen him, I've seen him in the ring with Sting before. I've seen him in the ring with Sting before. And I tell you what, I've, Tony, I've also seen him have some matches, not even just standing there chatting. He's definitely uh, historic. I mean, have you seen... Prehistoric. Seen you know. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Ages um, to come until you, Christian Cage. Oh, yeah. I yeah. mean, that was the one thing I haven't seen was uh, <laughs> Ric Flair in the ring while someone eviscerates him about how old he is. Yes. And that if he was involved in a match, he would turn to dust. <laughs> <laughs> I just hope that, that that's setting up a match as much as I love Christian, but uh, uh, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be interested in seeing that. No. Um, excuse me. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously Sting has announced he's wrapping it up, so they're gonna they're gonna do the hits and they're gonna bring out. It, but man, oh, I just don't give a shite, and I don't need to see, especially no. especially with the news that he's gonna be on TV. He's gonna be something of a fixture with Sting going forward. <sighs> All right, whatever. <laughs> it's funny because the Owl Fellows, as managers, are normally assigned to young up and comers, not uh, other yeah, Owl yeah, Fellows. Yeah. Well, he, kind of relatively. So I guess he is. Old, he is older than Sting. He is older than Sting. So, so he's like Steve. I know you've been wrestling since before half this roster was alive, but you've much to learn, my friend. I uh, <laughs> sit under the learning tree. Like, let me tell you, get that, get that, get that, get that foot up on the rope when you're doing a roll up. The referee won't see it. Don't you worry about it. Um, yeah, so that's that. Uh, and I guess we uh, we will slowly continue our role towards, I would assume, Darby yeah. versus Sting at, at Revolution. Yeah. If we're gonna make the best out of a bad situation. Let's at least get a redo of the Jay Lethal Ric Flair segment from. Oh God! No, no don't try down. and recapture it. Don't try it's and recapture trash. it. It'll it'll only be a letdown. It'll only be a letdown. Wasn't, wasn't good the first time. To be fair. Yeah, I, oh, yeah, I think it's a bit sacrilege. overrated. It sacrilege. is a bit overrated. It is a bit overrated. Anyway, nah, 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 nah. Uh, also the show uh, we saw Swerve in his latest home Ooh. invasion uh, 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 moment. This is spooky, yeah. They, they, you know, it was it's his spooky season uh, uh, moment. Uh, what'd you make of this, Joe? I thought it was really good. It was a little bit too spooky. I almost thought it was like <laughs> it was like it went from sort of wrestling angle to like something else. But I, I, I thought it was good. Um, I was just trying to recapture the the Nick Wayne thing. Um, I like the fact the fact that Hangman didn't stand in the ring gawping at the screen. That he actually like ran back. Ran. I mean, obviously, what was he going to? He wasn't going to do anything, but. I think that would be the natural reaction rather than I'm just going to stand here for three minutes and watch this little video about and make man, faces like I'm man breaking into my house. Yeah. Um, like I'm, I do pro wrestling reaction faces, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. The only thing is like I mentioned last week, they, I feel like the hangman swerve stuff had gone a bit cold post the pay-per-view. They had that brilliant match, but then it kind of just dis- dissipated a little bit and they both lost mm. in those, the qualifier matches. Now they're coming back to it. So I'm glad they're coming back to it and, and they will reheat it. But I wish they just kept this going. Like, why yeah. didn't they do this two weeks after Wrestle Dream? You know, just have like mm. a week and then and then come back to this. But uh, there you go. There you go. Uh, yeah. So that they, they're they are on course for real. So yeah, they announced, AW announces another, they're doing another pay-per-view after full gear. Mm. What's it called? World's, World's End, End. isn't a very memorable pay-per-view name, for being honest. But um uh, yeah, I mean, presumably they'll have a match maybe at full year, or if, and if not at full year, then maybe at all that, their that thing, names but, have been shit. To be fair, yeah, I don't, I don't like most. Double or nothing's all right. <laughs> all but, in, know. all out. Double or nothing. Full gear. Revol- it's the worst collection of pay per view. Revolution is so with. generic that could be any company on the face of the earth, couldn't it? You know, full gear is a stupid joke. Like you know, all don't in, like that. I like the gambling ones. All, all right. right. 
AW Shake It All About coming in 2024. Oh, that'd be great. That'd be great. Yeah. Uh, just dance offs left, right, and center. Forbidden um, Door is good. I like that. I know some people don't like that. I like that one. Yeah. At least it came about it's somewhat. Got, it's got um, something. Yeah, it's not too generic. It's not generic. Yeah. Mm. Um, let me see here. So we will segue over to Collision. Which, uh, anything notable other than the main event? Uh, obviously, the main event, big talking point, point MJF versus Kenny. The rest well, of the show looked all right, but. The crowd were super into it. The whole show? Even a, yeah. yeah. Even a match that on paper seemed like a good match, but with a winner so predictable, like, what's, what's the point? The crowd will kind of. Yeah. Uh, Jay White against AR Fox. Mm. The, fa- the crowd were fucking yeah. jumping out of their seats for AR Fox. It was Philadelphia. Was- no, Boston, was it? Uh, no, Connecticut. Uh, Connecticut. Connecticut. Yeah. Connecticut. Oh, sorry. Okay, yeah. They were eating it up. I thought it was very good, though. I thought, once they got into the home stretch, I thought it was. Oh, the match was great, but even a match that good, just mm. with the setup of it, AR Fox hasn't been on TV for two months since All, all In, basically. Mm. Uh, since just before All In. But like from the beginning, the crowd were hot. They were into it. The match was very good. Air Fox did have a very good performance. Um, but I was surprised. The crowd were hot throughout. Yeah. I actually quite enjoyed the Abaddon um, Sheeta match. Mm. Yeah, because it was something, different. Something different. Mm. Literally, yeah. yeah it took the words right out of my mouth. We've we've kind of. I mean, God. I mean, they've really cycled through. Uh, you know, their current rotation, I think we talked about this a few weeks ago, how they need to spruce up that division, get some fresh faces in it. So I'm glad Abaddon, by all accounts, yeah. uh, knocked this shot out of the park, which was cool. Yeah. The spawn I, I, entrance I, was sick. The spawn entrance was so cool. Spawn entrance and Sheeta and doing all, the red. Sheeta Resident Evil. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. And it was, there was nobody else was wearing any Halloween. Omega stuff. was. Omega was Street Fighter. Who was uh, it? Street Akuma? Fighter. Here we go. No, no, no. He did Akuma a few years ago. He did no, Akuma, yeah. From the like new, a, from the new Street Fighter, he he was. Um, oh, I've played that, and I don't even know who he was. He had the yeah. yeah the the feathery pink shoulder pads yeah, on. I, I don't know the character. I'll be annoyed. But, but um, um, no, but that yeah. little Halloween match was great. The crowd were, you know, the the we want tables chant. Mm. We all adore, love so that much. great chant. Uh, we want pumpkins. That's pretty good. And then when the pumpkin finally got used, at the end, big pop. Big, big old, big old Austin coming out to help Mick Foley win the WWF title pop. Wrestling, pump, it's it's for pumpkin. It's just that easy. It's just that easy, folks. It really is. It's pumpkins in the quarters. The crowd wanted the pumpkin, and in the end, they get they got the pumpkin. I mean, setup and payoff. What more do you? What more do you need? Speaking of setup and payoff, there was a main event match also. <laughs> um, so yeah, they did you know, a little bit controversial, MJF and, and Omega on a couple of days' notice. Story being that, you know, which they had drawn attention to previously, that, that MJF was crawling up to Omega's reign. And now that he's beaten him, he's now going to be the longest reigning champion. Isn't that correct? No one, he's had it longer than yeah. anyone else. Yeah. Which doesn't feel like, I feel like he just, I feel like he just got it. But I suppose they, they, they've had long reigns, but they haven't had any super long, insane reigns in this company, I would no. say. He's also um, done fuck, fuck all from us. Well, he hasn't done what, yeah, that's the thing, like, you know. First half uh, of the year. Danielson through to, like, what, uh, I guess, I guess all in. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but the, the cold stuff just took over, you know what I mean? It just, it's just. What did he do at Wrestle Dream? He was in the 
Oh, the the tag match. Yeah, yeah. God, Dark Order was it? Yeah. Mm. Uh, but anyway, MJF did uh, make up for a lot of that with with this tremendous main event here on on Collision. Did this match have one of the greatest near falls of all time? I'm going to have to say yes. Uh, uh, the the two point nine nine. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! I that, I thought there was no chance Kenny was winning, and I I was like, oh my god! Oh my god! Uh, yeah, they 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 went out there and they had a, a big, big, big pay per view quality main event, and I, I thought it was excellent. I really did. Yeah, um, the the doctor bomb off the apron to the table. Uh, Callis got involved, but I do like that they you know they did that thing where they put a little buffer between that and the actual finish. So by a reasonable definition, MJF won clean more or less. You know what I mean? It, it wasn't some. Schmaz, Callis is in there, and then in comes Takeshi to the other side, and there's chairs and people running in. You know, they, they kept that to him. But yeah, I thought it was great. I thought it was really, really great. And a little, a little peer into like, uh, I wish this is what I wish this is what the the MGF reign was like. I also liked after he won, they cut back to like the five people who were gunning for mm. for MGF. So if this storyline was a little bit more, he's going out kind of like the Cassidy international thing. If this thing was like he's having these bangers, but, but if someone new is coming for him every other week, and he's having these big. I mean, I'd be all about it. I'm just, you know, I think we're collectively just not into the the the, the, the antics that he's yeah, doing. I mean, the, week but to the week. match the match quality has always been tip top. Of course, yeah, oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I thought it was absolutely tremendous. Uh, maybe yeah, best TV match of the year. I would say. Yeah, yeah. Wow, fair. Yeah, not, not unfair. In the top top two or three. Uh, why can't they do this on a pay per view? <laughs> why don't they do this all in? Why don't they? I, I just it's mental to me. I don't want to yeah. sound ungrateful that we got this amazing match on Collision. Like it's brilliant, but like MJF and Kenny Omega for the first time ever for the world title. Why wasn't this in front of eighty thousand people or in front yeah. of fifteen thousand yeah. people? And it's like, no, you know, you're right, like, you're right, you're right. Just, and, and all these shit that comes out. Oh well, Kenny's not doing any singles matches. That's why he's in a six man tag, and then he's had like three five star matches since then. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Anyway, that's my nitpick. My other nitpick is that they probably needed Excalibur on this match because uh, Tony and JR did not know the name of a single move other than headlock and clothesline. Uh, they didn't, they didn't know all Kenny's final fantasy references. They didn't know any. It was like, Oh, the counter. Oh, the pin. What a maneuver. Excalibur just there. Say, Oh, the, 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 the one winged status effect, uh, t- uh, 10 damage per second. And JR so looks like a fucking drop kick to me, kid. I don't know what you're talking about. Um. Yeah, yeah. You do miss him uh, uh, on on the shows. He's not on. But yeah, it was uh, it was tremendous. Absolutely tremendous. Yeah, there was a nice moment they put up on their YouTube channel as well. Kind of a post show with MJF yeah. and, and oh, yeah. Omega had having a little interplay, and that 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 was kind of like with the I know the MJF character is that he's ostensibly still acts like a heel, but he's a heel that's embraced by the crowd. He's your mm. scumbag. Mm. But it was refreshing to see in the post-match uh, post interviews they did that he was just mm. being very honest. He wasn't playing the scumbag character almost. And that's I, I would like to see a, a little bit of that sprinkled into the MJF babyface run. I know he does the bits where he's talking about stories that may have happened to him in the past, but... Mm. Sometimes if you, you know, let, let the mask slip a little bit, show a little mm. bit of vulnerability. Mm. Um, that's something I, I steal from RuPaul. 
And I know, I know we've, I've talked in the past about how RuPaul and wrestling are essentially one and the same, but uh, he says, what, what, what makes a true baby face, what makes a, what makes the crowd love you is when you show a bit of vulnerability. Hmm. And so I like that. I like that MJF showed, you know, that, you know, he, he was at a show, uh, you know, one of his first shows he did outside of Creative Pro and he, Kenny Omega, let me have a chat with him and let me pick his brain. And I, I'll never forget that, you know, that's what makes the crowd, you know, relate and love you. So yeah. more, more of that, please. Less calling JY tofu and, and yes. doing, doing, Rubbed. doing the shtick, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, absolutely. No, I'm with you 100%. Um, and that was, uh, that was the telly for this week. Uh, we'll segue over to the films. Who's seen a film this week? I've only I, I take a couple of, of the usuals off the, the the Halloween list. Your Hocus Pocus, your Blair Witch, your Nightmare Before Christmas. All good, but nothing 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 new to say about them. What about you boys? What have you been watching? Well, I've seen a film which Joe was fusing about last week. He was he was he was called called a masterpiece. Mm. Five five stars. Five star. Five, five Nights at Freddy's was this? Yeah, yeah. T- Taylor Swift the Eras tour. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I I did go see Scorsese's Killers of the Flower Moon. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. I will say, warning, not a spoiler warning, but a warning for people who are going to go see the movie. Um, from two angles. One, make sure you've planned your day around it. Don't take on a, yes. a huge amount of liquids right before. Uh, but then the second thing for you, if you're going to go see it in cinema, you have to go in accepting the fact that people are going to be filing in and out constantly through the film. Oh, really? To go to the toilet. Yeah, because people aren't as considered as we are in terms of thinking, hmm, I might want to you know, not drink a two-liter bottle of water and then not go to the toilet before the film starts. So yeah, there's... We, we were sitting in, in a very small screen, but, you know, the door, which obviously lets in a lot of light, was constantly opening, closing, opening, closing, opening, closing throughout the three hour, 26 minute duration of the film. But once you come, you know, to terms with that fact, I mean, I, yeah, I thought the film was pretty, pretty tremendous as well. I didn't go the full 10. I went I went nine. So I was very, very close. Um there wasn't many parts during the film. I think there was only one moment where I, I did think to myself, "Okay, let's let's start wrapping this up now." Mm. But it, yeah, it doesn't feel its length by any means. Um, I think I think it was about looking back at it, it was probably around the three hour mark. And pretty much when I had that thought, the film did start wrapping up. <laughs> so you know, mm. appropriate. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a real performance film. I think the performances were pretty stellar. Right across the board, uh, DiCaprio, uh, De Niro, best De Niro performance in a very long time, uh, Gladstone, um, Clemens, Fraser, mm. uh, all tremendous, all tremendous. Um, it's a great looking movie. Um, it is, it does take its time and it really, I mean, it's, it doesn't feature many twists and turns, but this, I thought the story was really, really well told in terms of getting you to feel for certain characters and the plight of the people. I mean, it, it almost does for the, the Native American population what, you know, Wind That Shakes the Barley does for the Irish, where you, you pretty much look at the uh, the white um, American conquistadors and think, yeah, they're pretty fucking evil, <laughs> to be honest. 
Them's bad people that screwed the Native Americans. As if that's not something that's uh, considered already. But um, no, I thought it was. I thought it was pretty, pretty tremendous. Uh, certainly the best film of that length I've seen in a long time. Wow. Um, and I would say better than the Irishman. Probably Scorsese's best film since what? Good for this. Mm. Mm. The, I I haven't even thought about what would be the last last Scorsese film I enjoyed this much. Mm. I I liked Hugo a lot, but Hugo isn't this kind of film. Maybe mm. maybe good for us. Honestly, I need to look at. Let me pull up Mar- Marty's uh, filmography here. You liked it more than Wolf of Wall Street. I'm getting from this. <laughs> Ooh, it's a very different kind yeah. of movie. But yeah, yeah. So I would say I would say I probably enjoyed it on the same level of Wolf of Wall Street. That's probably probably the is the film. I said it's it's, it's the, totally on the other end of the spectrum. I say The Departed, but then again, that's again, it's quite. I think The Departed's a little overrated. Oh, it's oh yeah, cool. yeah, it is a bit. It's I cool. think it's I think it's like an eight. It's not a nine or ten. Yeah, for me. his best film since. It's it's. I would say I would say Wolf of Wall Street. I I enjoyed because it's just so over the top and in mm. its excess. But it's a very like Wolf of Wall Street is is a comedy basically compared to this is a very very serious drama. Um, didn't see Silence. I liked Hugo. I liked Shutter Island. I liked The Departed. Uh, Aviator. Uh, Cape Fear. Yeah, maybe maybe it's his best films. His Goodfellas. That's 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 maybe not a bad. Not a bad show. Um, very, very good. Uh, what else to say about it? No, there's very, very little in it that I would criticize. Only that, you know. Look, at the end of the day, could he realistically have made the same film with the same beats, same emotional, same level of quality in two and a half hours? Probably. You know, I, I don't feel like the length of it adds to it necessarily right maybe mm-hmm. maybe if it's a little bit more of an epic because of that but um yeah if i was to really really nitpick because i do think it's tremendous but if i was really to nitpick there, there the scenes are sometimes a little bit long um and maybe the film could have been tightened a wee bit but it's it's really really good and definitely worth going out of your way to see uh the other uh film i saw which which actually had again, the same criticism for, was the 48-minute-long South Park joining the Panderverse, which is the latest South Park Paramount Plus Paramount thing, yeah. uh, special, or whatever they call it, television special. Um, yeah, I had the same thing. I felt like this could have just been a standard 22-minute episode, and I would have felt the same way. It probably would have been better, in fact. Yeah, um, I saw I saw the, the trailer for this and I was like, okay, that this makes sense. It's got, a, it's got a funny concept. It, it makes sense. It's the type of thing they would make an episode about. But I was like, yes. I wonder, is there... Because I I haven't watched it yet. But I remember seeing the trailer. I was like, yeah, do they even have one episode's worth of material on this, let alone a special? Because I was like, is there much to it beyond the joke that you know they're making, you know, kind of when you mm-hmm. sit down to watch it? Well, there, there's there's a, a B story that the the trailers don't allude to that I think is, is okay. also clever. But no, in, in typical South Park's fashion... No, there, there's probably not 48 minutes worth of material in there. There are some clever little, clever little bits. So, so for those who don't know, the, the, the concept is, um, 
that uh, from the trailer that some character or characters are being replaced by diverse women who uh, complain about the patriarchy is literally what they say in it. So Cartman is in the episode uh, portrayed by a black woman, Mm -hmm. for instance, which is obviously, you know, a, a, a satirical take on Disney and specifically in the episode they say Disney. Disney Eagle for, uh, Eagle for Disney, yeah. Disney in their remakes uh seem to go out of their way to cast in the name of diversity. And of course diversity is not a bad thing. And I don't think the episode itself is even making that point. Um uh it's more actually a dig at the the laziness in films to satisfy, for example, uh, comic book fans so it, it, it right. very specifically has the exact the idea that every film now is just multiverse yes and yeah. in doing a multiverse you could just have that's uh, yeah is, is you know, a black woman spider-man or whatever and actually there is there is a comment about hey, you, you just don't like that we have that oh no miles morales is great <laughs> you know so it's not necessarily that diversity itself is a problem it's about the use of that as a marketing ploy by very cynical companies like this you know do disney really care about right um lgbtq plus you know issues Man. well you know with 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 the right hand they cast like this but with the left hand they they edit out scenes in, well, in for movies certain or, markets yeah yeah they well, not even they, certain markets but even in terms of writing i mean alex hirsch has been very open about making gravity oh, falls yeah, and yeah. what a pain disney were to work with on that in terms of what they were allowed to do you know so that's kind of the point of the episode. I thought it was I thought it was fine. It wasn't laugh out loud funny. A lot of the points they make aren't necessarily revelatory, and I feel like it would have worked just fine as a normal length episode. But it's it, it, good, like three stars, three and a half stars for. Alrighty. Uh, anything else this week, boys? Nope. Oh, I watched uh, an indie movie called. Uh... Um, Eat Wheaties. I'm sure I remember the name because the, they changed it for the, I think, the European market. It was called Dear Elizabeth because I guess we don't know what Wheaties are. Except, I do you you guys know what Wheaties yeah, are? Yeah, they're cereal. Wasn't, uh, who was on the cover? There was a wrestler on the cover. Yeah, I'm sure John, box. John Cena was, was probably on the cover, wasn't he? Or, no, that was Fruity Pebbles. Uh, it, it's the cereal that they have like Olympic athletes on and it's right. like, eat, eat your Wheaties. I say it's the equivalent of shredded wheat because that used to have like athletes on it anyway um so it stars tony hale um better known as buster from arrested development um he plays this kind of very odd man who is organizing a college reunion and one of the people he went to college with was the actress elizabeth banks and so it's about him trying to reach out to her to get her to come to this uh, reunion but in the process of doing so he kind of ostracizes or alienates himself from his workplace and his friends and his family because they all think he's making it up and that he's just kind of lost the plot and gone a bit loony Mm. um so it's a pretty funny film it's very indie kind of quite a small film and it also a little bit predictable hits hits the kind of notes right on key um which is not necessarily a bad thing but you kind of see it come in from my love but um yeah, it's fu- it was funny enough and sort of entertaining enough. Um, so it's worth kind of giving it a go. So it's on Now TV. Um, Paul Waterhausen's in it. A lot of other, ah, comedians, love him. Lot of other comedians yeah. kind of just pop up. You know, it's one of those movies where 
probably it's a favor for a friend type thing i would imagine like oh could you be in this movie kind of thing so yeah it was it was pretty good it was pretty good did he ever get his golden globe back off jeff jarrett <laughs> uh, yeah i don't think so no what the many on rampage uh, the many unfinished storylines on mm. AEW. Okay. yeah so it was pretty good not been watching a lot of movies recently most of them have been at the cinema because mm. we're just watching gilmore girls for five hours a day so no movies uh, we will switch over then to the small screen television. Um, since I've been away, I did finish the my Rick and Morty rewatch. Uh, season six returned to form. I thought I thought five handily the uh, a dreadful season of television, to be perfectly honest. Uh, and then season six, a, a return to form, and now I am caught up on season seven, the most recent one. Uh, I say mm-hmm. caught up. I'm watching on channel four, so I don't know if they're a week behind. I've seen two episodes. Just two. There is yeah. two. Excellent. Okay. So in in to follow up on a question Paul asked earlier about Mr. Poopy Butthole, I, as a man who rates Total Recall as the greatest episode of the show to date, that is the episode with Mr. Poopy Butthole, and I think he's a perfect character in that episode. It's great meta joke, great twist at the end, super well done. I have not enjoyed a single time that character has come back <laughs> because it is one of those like because and it works great in that episode because it's almost like an on the nose. Here's an annoying little squeaky Justin Roiland voiced nonsense character that doesn't actually have anything to do with this. We're putting him in here because we're making an episode about those types of characters, yeah. and they've just fucking brought him back over and over again. <laughs> And I don't get it. And so this episode, the first episode of season seven is about um, he's gone through various issues in his little cameo appearances over the years. And so now they're like, he's he's boozing and he's lost his his family. And so uh, the, it's it's a Rick learn a lesson episode. It's a it's a, a step up and take care of your, your buddy. He's fallen on tough times episode. And I thought it was an all right return for the show and not much else beyond that. I thought it was OK. Agree. Yeah, um, and I thought the voices were fine. I thought they were fine. I agree. I will say Morty is extremely noticeable. I will say that that is noticeably a different person. Rick, if you that could, that if you told me that he that they snuck Royland back in and he's still doing Rick, I would say I believe. I think that's a I think that's a spot on uh, uh, voice. Morty, not bad, but I would I would say noticeably that's noticeably a different person. And I think I was reading with Harmon, so they got two different people to do these characters now. And I think and a, and a third person to do Poopy Butthole. This is the thing, yeah. So whereas Royland would do the two main characters and the 10 million little side characters, they very wisely now split up that casting. And Harmon said in, I think it was The Hollywood Reporter, he did a very extensive interview in. And he was like, it's, it, that just makes logical sense for the future of the show because you don't want one guy destroying his vocal cords for a couple of seasons and then the show is toast you know at a certain point so i think that was good i thought the 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 poopy butthole voice was it's an annoying voice but the person did it you know like fine and then the second episode was um uh, the jerick trap i believe it was called or some shit like that uh jerry and rick splicing their brains Again, I thought it was okay. I thought it was. I I chuckled. I, a bit. I, I liked the second episode more than the first one. I I did too. I liked it more than the first. I'll say that. Um, I I like a good Jerry episode. I think Jerry is kind of secretly in his naivete and his stupidity, but every other smart character is miserable. So Jerry is kind of the 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 heart of the show to a certain extent. And I did. I I really like the idea of inexplicably Rick is at his happiest when they have this weird mind meld going on. I thought it was well done. Yeah. Um, yeah. Enjoyed. Enjoyed. 
Um, so off to off to an all right start so far, I will say. Um, uh, I, no, you know, no, no real belly laughs out of the out of the two uh, the two episodes so far. But we will um, uh, we will keep watching and we will report back. Um, Joe, what's your Fraser status? Still haven't got watched it. Still haven't watched it. I need to need to get on with it. You've oh, a, you've a, a, a a bevy to to catch up on. I would say this week. This week, I really felt like Kelsey Grammer and, to an extent, Nicholas Lindhurst. Their performances were carrying what really felt like a that, this week's episode. That was a very it was a, it was a subpar, modern, mm. bad sitcom episode. Unfortunately, um, the one thing that was well, good about this this week's episode was that it 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 the the thrust of the show is very much going to be the Freddie Fraser relationship mirroring mm. the the Martin Fraser relationship, and I thought they wrapped it up quite well. And my feeling now is that I feel like this show has actually done a decent job of maintaining the heart of the sentimentality of the original show, but it just hasn't maintained mm. the laughs. Unfortunately, a lot of the laughs come from the fact that you just have two great comedic actors in there who can yeah. elevate a lot of material, but. I sometimes I like we're only three episodes in, but I feel like I'm just I'm I'm like five seconds away from someone saying so that just happened. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I mean, I mean this, this show feels like it's always on the cusp of doing that, um, which is a bit much. But I'd be I'd be interested if you if you can jump in, uh, what what you make of it? Because uh, I thought the first two episodes were good, not amazing, yeah. not great, not not a patch on the original, but but good, watchable. And this one was a bit was below average. Um, so yeah, that is Telly. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the week there have been some big video games in the last week to play mm-hmm. um paul i assume you talked about mario wonder i have uh, not because we do have a copy in the house but it's being bought for me for christmas ah okay well let me so, get you, let me start your your anticipation for christmas is that you will love this video game i can tell you that much <laughs> i well uh, the person to ask about mario wonder is mr joe towner Joe, what's your what's your what's your wonder status? Where are you at? Mario Wonder. Um, well, I've I finished the the game. I beat Bowser. Excellent. He's back. He's done. He's he's gone away with his tail between his legs. Uh, he'll be back though. I suspect at some point. Um, I'd say the final the final Bowser battle is probably the most fun of all of them that I've played across all the games. Maybe except Odyssey, but. Um, yeah, in terms of the creativity of it and the, the, how fun it was, uh, th- those battles are always very similar, right? You're trying to he's he's floating around above you, or he's running around, and you've got to try and hit him three times with a bomb or something else. You know, throw something at him, hit him. Uh, but this one does it in a very clever way that just makes it a lot more fun. So that was enjoyable, and the rest of the game was very enjoyable. It's so creative. There's a lot of you know, there's a, an, an aspect from Super Mario Odyssey that I won't spoil, but that, that pops up in quite a few levels. Um, there's just lots of little fun, fun bits to it. Um, it's really, really good. It's like uh, we were discussing last week, like the, the 2D games are in the, sh- they're not considered the kind of linear games because they're not the 3D, they're not Sunshine 64 uh, Odyssey Galaxy. Yeah, I would um, say, except for only. Mario World, obviously, and Bros. Oh, Three. Oh, I'm talking about since 3D, since 64. Yeah, obviously, since those 3D are, became a thing. The earlier yeah. ones were there, but yeah. even but even including all those, really, only two of the 2D games are held to a very high standard: Mario yeah. World and Mario Bros. Three. 
Mm, yes. But even Mar- I'm, Mario Bros. won in a historical context. Yes, but that's in terms what I mean. Of, I'm talking more yeah. in the in the, the what is the flagship, like the Star Wars, right? Like how, what we yeah. consider to be like the main sort of thing. Yeah, those games isn't. But it's you look at this game kind of in its own right, and it's just as kind of fun and creative as, as any of those other games. Um, and I'm, I'm now kind of playing through it. I'm going back to try and collect all, you know, complete every single level where there's mm. secret exits. And there's not a lot of actual like coin collecting type stuff, which is good. It's not like I'll collect 50 blue coins in every level. There is a little bit of that, but it's, it's mainly about finding uh, secret exits and uh, certain things within the game. So I'm really enjoying it. It'll probably take me quite a while to get through all of it because I'm only just getting into like uh, secret worlds that you can access through each different world. So yeah, a lot more, a lot more fun to be had in it. But it's it's really really good. If they could release one of these every you know couple of years, I'd be very happy. Yeah, yeah. I'm 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 fairly early in it, but I I, I would just kind of echo much of what you said. I think mm. it's 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 lovely. It is it is lovely. It's kind of like you're you're instantly grabbed by the style of it because it looks mm. they, every Mario game looks and sounds really good. But like it look it's fresh. Do you know what I mean? Mm. They they I mean I think they they've explicitly said that they just they let there's a lot of younger people in the room bringing some new ideas that they it feels mm. like that. And so they've they're not they're using the twists on the classic Mario music, but it's like different instruments, different arrangements. So it's like it's Mario, but it's new, it's fresh, and it's it's it feels great. And then you know, once you get through the first couple of levels, which are fairly rudimentary, then mm. you're also like, oh, also these levels are super well designed and there's secrets and I'm missing things in a, in a good way. And, you know, I'm, I'm encouraged to go back. It's great. It's great. I did love, I, I, I thought it perfectly put a little bow on it. Uh, uh, Jeff Gersman said on his podcast this week is that it's a Mario game that feels so new. They didn't have to put new in the title of it to <laughs> tell you that it was a new Mario game. It's like, it just is a new era of, of Mario, which I think is absolutely yeah. true. Um, yeah. That's been that's been, I'm I'm pretty early on it, but I'm I've been I've been enjoying it. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to. It. I I like though getting a game to 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 look forward to for Christmas and the yeah. feeling of playing through a new game over Christmas week. Because I I have memories like Odyssey was my Christmas game, so I associate mm-hmm. with Odyssey the feeling of sitting in the room with the fire on the Christmas tree there, and it just gives me an extra an extra flavor to the memory of having played the game. So. Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people who are playing it, and the praise is pretty much universal. So mm. I, I, I'm good for being relatively unspoiled on it. So come Christmas morning, I'll unwrap it and uh, give it a whirl. It'd be a great Christmas game. That is a great. Put the feet up and 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 play that uh, through, through until you fall asleep on the couch. Um, um, yeah. Earlier today, I I, I did uh, roll credits on what's been gobbling up most of my time, which is Spider Man Two. Uh, the boy is here on the video camera. I can see over my shoulder. I've got my big Venom statue. Oh there my is. god! Yeah, it's big. It's big, big boy. Um, yeah, roll credits on that. Uh, it's excellent. It is excellent. Um, if you enjoyed the first one and you appreciated the way they fine tuned the Miles Morales game, took out some of the chaff and 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 you know made it a bit tighter, you'll be mm. thrilled with this one because uh, uh, I've seen people complaining about its length. I think it's absolutely perfectly paced i i beat the game and i'm at about 80 percent completion you know from the from the platinum so i'm pretty close to platinuming it at around 20 hours 
if people think that's too short, I don't know what to tell you. I don't need any more yeah. 500 fucking hour uh, games. I don't need, I'm over that. I'm no. over that. Now. Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Yeah. You know, so, so fuck that. Um, it is, it really feels like they've always been great. I mean, they've produced so many great games. It really feels like Insomniac, like we're stepping up to the next echelon of the fucking greatest teams making games right now. Um, the changes they've made to the traversal in the game are insane. Like they are in saying you are moving so fast, you have so many different options, and you still feel like you're in control all the time, which is great. It feels mm-hmm. phenomenal just moving around the world. Technical powerhouse looks amazing, and it's oh god, it's one of the best Spider-Man stories since the second Raimi film, probably. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's okay. I mean. That sounds like super hyperbolic phrase, but then when you really drill it down, it's like, okay, two shit Mark Webb films <laughs> and, you know, the MCU ones, which were good fun, but were have their problems. Do you know what I mean? I, I think it's super well done. Um, the story in the last game was really good, but it kind of felt a little bit dis- disjointed and it kind of just came together very, very quickly in the last uh, act. This one, everything plays off, but you've got your main antagonist, which is like, you've got the, you know, Venom's in this one and Craven is kind of the main antagonist in the run up to that. And the way all those characters, it flows very well from, from one, from one act to another. It's really well done. Yeah. It's a, it's a fantastic story. Um, uh, it, it has like uncharted levels of just, great set piece after great set piece after great set piece there's very little repetition in it you know what i mean um it is it's excellent it is really really excellent there were, i i had some some quibbles some nitpicks um they brought back the mary jane missions where you play as mary jane sneaking around right. and i think yeah. they thought they were doing a great bit where they were like so in the last game if she got detected in her missions it was instant failure you know and people hated that so in this game they gave her like a gun and so she's like sneaking around doing Metal Gear Solid stuff. But <laughs> the problem is the levels are still not fun to play. I think they just put them in and gave her a gun to do a, a, a clever, oh, look, we, we flipped the script from the last game. But, it's like, okay, but they're still not fun. I, I want okay. to be playing as a spider man, okay? Not mm-hmm. normal person with a gun. Uh, there's lots of games where I can play as a sneaky person with a gun. Um, so, yeah. And I had a couple of qualms about the story that I won't get into here for spoiler reasons. Nothing major, but, but a couple of, a couple of hiccups, but yeah, excellent game. Uh, if you're, if you were into the previous ones, you'll love this one. And then just a few hours ago, I started Alan Wake 2, which all I can really, I'm so early in it. All I can say is that it looks really class. It's a very cool looking (laughs) game. Um, and I'm about an hour and a half into it and I couldn't stop thinking about how much video games owe Twin Peaks because I'm like, been playing silent hill recently i played alan wake one earlier this year and now i'm playing this one i'm like my god you can just a lot of video game developers fucking love twin peaks this game is so twin peaks uh but it's cool i'm enjoying that uh, um so yeah i'll follow up on that next week uh yeah that's my uh that are my games for the week what about you paul uh well i finally completed mario galaxy 2 for the oh, first yeah. time so i never beat it i never even beat the spoilers bowser boss fight at the end (laughs) (laughs) um which is better a better boss fight than the one in galaxy one i will say that much and i like the one in one but this is a a better take on it um i will say all things considered i don't think the gulf of quality between one and two is that much it's very much uh an expansion pass for galaxy it's like you like galaxy you want some more 
here's a whole game's worth of it. But it's it it doesn't feel like I don't know Uncharted to Uncharted two where it's right. They've, they've, they've taken that foundation and made a big leap forward. No, it feels like more of the same. Um, there's some creativity and stuff in there, but it's I, I hearing all the feedback since they came out. I went in expecting okay, now we go crazy with this. It's like well. No, it's it, it's very close to the, to the point where, don't say it out loud, I might even slightly prefer Mario Galaxy 1. Okay, okay. But you're talking about 1A and 1B, not like, they're not very, very mm. far apart. There's, there's a lot of stuff that 2 does much better than 1. But, you know, I, I love the feeling of being in the hub world, dun, 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 and... Going into the, the first level, Good Egg Galaxy. I feel like a lot of the levels from the first one resonate more and stick more in my memory than than the second game. But still very good. So I got I got the 120 stars. So I've done that now in 64, Sunshine, Galaxy, Galaxy 2, and I got every moon in Odyssey as well. So I've and, and 3D uh, world I've finished as well. So I've done I've done the 3D gamut. I've got every star, shine, moon. In all of those games, and Bowser's Fury, which I also completed. Ooh, ooh, hello, he's a Mario man. Um, however, I've not got all the. I didn't get all the stars in Mario Galaxy Two or Mario Galaxy because Mario Galaxy One, you get the one twenty, and then you can get them all again playing as Luigi. So technically, there's two hundred and forty stars in it. But like, why play it again with a, a, a different character with a slightly different? Control the stars are all the same. Yeah, more annoying so character. To be honest, that. what this game does is different. So you get 120 stars, and then that unlocks 120 more green stars. Now the green stars aren't like they are in Galaxy One; they're just stars randomly put into the levels. So it's like, okay, go back to the first level and find the stars. They're not objective based; they're just hidden in the level mm. somewhere. And I, you know, I've just beaten the game. I don't right now necessarily want to go back to the first level and find stars again so maybe what i'll do is down the line when i get a little itch again for some 3d mario i can go back to galaxy 2 and get the 120 green stars uh now getting all the 120 normal stars and the 120 green stars unlocks the last level so you don't get the final level by getting the 120 stars and that's called Grandmaster Galaxy. You only get that when you've got 240 stars. So I've basically not played the last level of the game, which is a darker side from Mario Odyssey style gauntlet of lots and lots of stuff. But Mario Galaxy 2 is fantastic. It's uh, up there with Galaxy 1. Um, like I said, they're, they, they feel very much like two, two parts of the, the, same, uh, the same double album, let's say, as opposed to one of them being far better than the other one. Uh, and so having beaten that, I've gone back to Starfield. Uh, the question I've got for most people who I've told that has been, uh, why? I didn't want to say why. I wanted to hear you <laughs> out, but I was gonna. I was wondering. I, I, you know, I, I, I've always enjoyed the Bethesda games. I loved Oblivion, which was my first one. Oblivion, Skyrim, Fallout 3, New Vegas. New Vegas, which of course stars the uh the late matthew perry as well we didn't talk about that oh yeah um, he appears in new vegas fallout 4 you know i i love all of those games and i put a lot of time into them so starfield i i, I want to at least complete it you know and maybe i won't do every side quest but I'll, maybe I'll, I'll look up a, a list of like what are the best side quests to do in right. starfield uh, but there was a very funny bug that i want to talk about so i did this quest called the lair of the mantis 
uh, which takes you down deep into a, a like it's a very vertical. You know the labs you go into. You find people in the mm. space the research stations, whatever. There, it's a very very vertical one. You go deep down, 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 down. Uh, essentially, at the end of the quest, you unlock like a legendary armor set called the Mantis. You become this Mantis persona, almost like a superhero. Okay. And you unlock the ship. You, you get the Mantis's ship. So that's the first ship I've gotten, apart from your your default when you start the game with the Frontier. And it's much stronger in, in most uh, aspects. So I was actually, at the time, saving money up to buy a better ship. Because anytime I go into space combat, I'm just getting fucking annihilated. Because I had the base ship with nothing upgraded on it, basically. So I got this new ship. I'm like, great. So I get into the ship, and I'm going to fly it away. And what happens is uh, the ship itself stays where it is, and just the interior of it comes out and flies off. Uh, as if, you know, if let's say if the ship was a house, the out, the outer walls of the house didn't move and the roof didn't move, but all the rooms came out and flew away. Uh, and if, when that happens, you can't move it in space, you can't control it or, you know, change its direction. And if you land it, you can't get out because it's got no landing uh, landing gears. So it's just like a bug that uh, breaks it, basically. Um, so there is a workaround, but I was, I was amazed because this game came out, when did Starfield come out, like... Uh, September, beginning Star of September. September, September 6th, was it? So it's like nearly two months it's been out. That stuff like this hasn't been patched yet. Um, but uh, like the workaround is one of those things where it's just like you have to unlock the ship, but don't get in it. Then fly your old ship to a place that has a, a, a landing area and go to the technician and say, modify your ships and then pick the new ship and then change the ship. So add uh, a pointless bit of tat to the outside of the ship and then save that and then go back to the ship and now it'll work that kind of needless busy work to make the fucking thing work is uh is a bit of a pain now the the other stuff i've done in the game the side quests and stuff has 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 been fine but um i do have downloads on my xbox and every time i boot up starfield i have a little jealous eye that looks over to the side in my list of apps and say Fuck, I could be playing cyberpunk right now. Mm. So we'll see how long. I definitely, I want to finish Starfield at least, and I want to give it a fair shake. I, I well, you're in for a penny prob- at this stage. I probably you. agree with a lot of the takes on it. But I do have I do have cyberpunk, and having never played cyberpunk in its previous incarnation, I'll be starting with 2.0 or whatever they call it. That's pretty the, the, That's pretty good. You're, you're start, I've been thinking about going back to it, but I, I want to judge it fairly and I don't want to go in thinking about what it used to be. You're going yeah. in fresh and I think <laughs> they, I think, I think CD Projekt, I think they wish everyone was starting now. You know, probably should just fucking delay the game three years to be honest. But. Yeah. That's video games. Uh, yeah. That is video games for the week. Do we have some music? I have an album of the week review. Um, oh, this week Go I listened it. to Kaleidoscope by Susie and the Banshees, um, which is a kind of post-punk new wave uh, album. I listened to this because I, I, the song Happy House f- features in the Edgar Wright movie Last Night in Soho. Um, oh. And ever since I, li- I listened to that, I've really, really loved that song. Um, so I thought I'd give the rest of the album a go. And it's kind of similar stuff, but I nothing quite as catchy or impactful as Happy mm. House on there. But a similar kind of slightly surreal, yeah, like post, post-punk, but with a slightly obs- 
absurdist kind of lyrics at time as well. So I, um, I kind of enjoyed it, but I, I don't know that I'd be seeking out a lot more of older Susie and her banshees. Um, mm. But it was it was a good probably a I'd give it a, on my on my scale. I've been ranking these albums A, B, C, and D. Uh, a for love, B for like, C for okay, and D for. Um, so I probably give it a B. Okay, so it's good, like but not love. Um, for a bonus point, for both of you, can you spot the theme of my albums of the week this month? Oh, uh, you need to remind me what your previous ones yeah. are. Oh no, that's <clears throat> the quiz. You should have been paying attention. <laughs> um, did every band have an and the name? No. Is it is it like monsters? Spanchies, obviously. Did you do gorillas? Demon demon days, right? Demon days. Paul, you've got it. Well done. Wow. What, well what done. were the other ones? I remember those. So two. it was Supernatural by Santana. Ah, ah yes. Ah, very good. Demon Days by Gorillas. The Zombies. Ah, um, uh, yes. Odyssey yes, yes, last yes. week. And then Susie and the Banshees. Yes, they're all Halloween themed albums. Nice of you to hold on to that for four weeks oh, without no. letting that there was even a meta at play. That's pretty good. Fair play, Jim, to be honest. It was a coincidence that I chose Supernatural by Santana for the first week, so I just carried on. But you, yeah, you, that, you, that you doesn't work quite as well as the other ones. But. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Right. Well, I have uh, two album old? reviews. Go on. And they're not new ones, they're Ooh. old ones. Uh, we're going to answer definitively what is the best unplugged album. Is it Nirvana Unplugged in New York or Pearl Jam Unplugged? Because mm. I was listening to a podcast in the week that made this point. They were also including in, in that Alice in Chains Unplugged. And I, I like Alice in Chains, but yeah, three albums is too much for me. I'm only going to take two. Um, Nirvana Unplugged New York is obviously a very, very well-regarded album. Uh, you know, pros, uh, Kurt Cobain, uh, again, at his most vulnerable to remake that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not, you know, jumping into the drum kit at the end of the show. It's very, very stripped down. Uh, Cons features a lot of uh, covers and not as much Nirvana content that maybe right. uh, a, a Fairweather fan might want to be hearing the hits. No Smells Like Teen Spirit stripped down acoustic version, for example. Uh, whereas Pearl Jam... Uh, pros, they play all the hits acoustically. Um, cons, the album uh, only features like seven tracks because they're all a little bit longer than the Nirvana tracks were. Nirvana is like, I think, 15 or something. Um, which is the better album? Uh, I'm going to say, shock horror, that Nirvana's Unplugged is the better album of the two. Uh, mm. And I'll tell you why. So one thing that I, I'll say, first of all, is that all the covers are fucking great. Uh, so there's there's a trio of Meat Puppet songs. I like all those Meat Puppet songs anyway, the original versions. Uh, there's a David Bowie cover on there, obviously, Man Who Saved the World, which is great. Uh, Lead Belly stuff as well. It's all great. I, I would say maybe the the only weak one there is maybe Jesus Don't Want Me for a Sunbeam, but even that's okay. I like Plateau, Oh Me, uh, Lake of Fire. Lake of Fire is maybe the best one. Where'd You Sleep Last Night? Um Madness of the world, all great. Uh, and what I what I particularly like about it as well is that even their Nirvana songs are almost like rearrangements of the originals to suit the acoustic style. So the drumming is different, and the guitar p- bits aren't necessarily the same guitar pieces from the original songs. They're they're very like when you say stripped down, they are literally from the ground up remade in an acoustic style. The Pearl Jam album is they just play the songs, but with 
acoustic guitars instead of electric guitars. So the drummer is still... It doesn't fit like... It feels like less of a step away from the, the, the standard songs. Uh, whereas, you know, for instance, um, Lithium or, or Poly in, in their acoustic form sound very, very... Uh, different from for example i think poly on nevermind is also acoustic but if you, you know live they play the electric sometimes it sounds totally different so um i like the you know nirvana as as a band in their heyday were very high energy and raw and um and uh not what you get on unplugged and that's why yeah. I, I i much prefer pearl jam i mean you could play me the unplugged version of like even flow or alive or something. I might not even realize until halfway through the song that it's the acoustic version. And while the songs are all great and Eddie Vedder is doing his I'm Eddie Vedder singing, which is which is always a little bit funny. He always sounds like your man from Creed a little bit. <laughs> um but I, I will I will go out on a limb and have the hot take that Nirvana Unplugged is the better one. Okay. And one of the best albums ever. I mean, yeah, it is it, yeah, it is celebrated <laughs> as one of the greatest, you know, of all yes. time. Uh, but, you know, at least, at least we have an answer. I would have been interested to see what a stripped down remade from the ground up smells like teen spirit would have been like. There is a curiosity there, but I don't, I don't uh, take a dock a point for there not being smells like teen spirit on it because mm. songs that they do are all tremendous. Uh, that is going to do it for this here show, my friends. Uh, we'll be back next week with your regularly scheduled um, uh, updates on the world of wrestling and, and, and movies and games and all of that. Um, thank you so much for listening. Thank you to the emails. If you want to email us, please do give us feedback on our new quizzes. Uh, or features they weren't even really quizzes but you know um and uh yeah we'll be back uh next week with you know uh, uh more uh rick and morty and probably an alan wake update and that maybe more mario um uh, and all the other fun and games so until then folks we're gonna say farewell we're gonna say thank you so much for listening uh it's goodbye from me barry it's goodbye from joe goodbye it's goodbye from paul goodbye